thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. G'day and welcome to Nutritious Conversations. I'm your host, Duncan McMartin. My intention is that these chats with my guests add as much richness to your life as they do mine. And you too can be inspired to indulge in nutritious conversations with friends, family, and complete strangers. Big love and enjoy. G'day everyone, welcome to another episode of Nutritious Conversations. I'm your host, Duncan McMartin. I've got the amazing Paula Johnson. I, I was just saying to Paula before that, you know, for the whole week sort of leading up to this, it just she's been front of mind. So there's an excitement with this, um, you know, and I, I could feel something really percolating um, for this conversation, which is great. But Paula's a, an author, a mentor and a wanderluster and uh, her her her. She's a creative director and designer at Wonderlust Design, um, which is which is fantastic. But we'll hook into a lot of it. But absolutely welcome, Paula. Yeah, thanks, Duncan. It was um, like I said when we started email conversation. It was it was literally a brilliant start to the new year, getting your email so soon into January, and it's like, oh yeah, this will be exciting. So yeah, thanks for the invite. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, and it's it's lovely to start to see the connections that we all have, and mm. you know just. Before we hit record, we we're talking about the different people that I've connected into through the same person that you and I know with Melissa. Yes. Um, yep. And then there's so we're starting to create this connection of uh, of a beautiful um, conscious community, and mm. you know we and that that old six degrees of separation, which is just yes. amazing. I don't want to meet Kevin Bacon, by the way. I, I want to be meeting people like yourself. So. <laughs> I wouldn't mind meeting Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Uh, which, which is fantastic. But, hey, look, normally I, I kick off with uh, what book are you reading, but I'm actually going to change it up a bit. What book have you written? <laughs> hey, that's a great intro. <laughs> I love it. Straight into it. Yeah, straight into it because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the title. I'm excited about the, the content and, yep. yeah, and certainly the the understanding of where you, you got to with with actually putting pen to paper or oh, fingers to keys. How long, how, how long have we actually got for this? Oh, this as long as we need, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where to start? Where to start? Okay, well, the book is titled Silent Warrior Transformation and then the subtitle, which is purely around, so when you're actually publishing a book out into the big wide world, it's a bit like websites. You've got to bring in keywords that are going to resonate with your target audience. Mm -hmm. So I could have left it as Silent Warrior Transformation, but that doesn't actually tell people what the book is about. So the um, subtitle that goes with it is Premature Menopause, when the... God, I've got to get it out and read what it is myself. (laughs) No, that's all right. Amazing what it's been (laughs) in front of mine. When the life you'd planned is not the life you're destined for. So the book is... Well, it was primarily targeted to women that have entered the premature menopause journey, mm-hmm. which is very different to going into menopause at the normal age. Mm-hmm. I don't think there is a normal age anymore. Mm-hmm. But premature menopause is before the age of 40, and early menopause is before the age of 45. Now, back in the olden days, 
women would sort of, you know, be termed menopausal at around 50 or so. Yep. But more and more women are actually having going into perimenopause a lot earlier. They're in their mid to late 30s even. And so it's massive fluctuations in hormones and how we feel and how our body's reacting and how we're we're basically trying to cope with life with all these hormones going wacky in our system. Mm-hmm. So I went into, well, I was diagnosed with premature menopause at 29. So I hadn't had children by that stage. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't had children at all mm-hmm. because of that. So, I mean, I've had a pretty eclectic journey and back in the day I mean this is 30 years ago when I was diagnosed and back in those days there was not a lot of there was no information basically there were were a few online groups but Mm -hmm. you know internet was still pretty new way back 30 years ago if people can believe that and so it actually wasn't until 2011 when I happened to be uh, on a five-month journey of volunteer teaching over in Bali that I took some time out and I went on a writing retreat. Now, I wasn't interested. I didn't think I was a writer. I mean, I had started a blog about that particular journey of, you know, giving up life and moving over to Bali for six months. Mm. And that was as far as my writing skills had sort of gone. But people kept saying, oh, my God, you're such a great writer. And, you know, I'm living vicariously through what you're saying and I'm right there with you. And it's like, okay. So when my partner and I that I was over there with at the time, we had a three-week holiday because it's pretty full-on volunteer teaching full-time to teaching kids English Mm. when we had no skills teaching English. It was a hugely, um, hugely challenging time for me personally. but. immensely rewarding and life-changing. Anyway, we went on a holiday for three weeks. We had two weeks back in Vietnam. We had been there the year before. And then I had a one-week writing retreat, just a week to myself. No partner, no kids, don't have to think about what to cook. Everything was just laid on, you turned up. Mm -hmm. And the people that were on the retreat, there were probably three or four that were published authors either writing books seriously or they'd published articles or what have you, and I'm rock up there and I'm going, God, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing. But it was it was amazing. We did a lot of writing exercises. They were a really supportive, great bunch of people. <clears throat> and I actually wrote my first paragraph for my book. Wow. I, actually, I actually then thought from that writing retreat, it's like, you know what, actually, yeah, I have got something to say. But like your conversation with Melissa, what bugged me for a very long time, who the hell am I to write a book? It's so (laughs) common, you know, particularly a memoir. Who the hell am I to write a book? Who the hell am I to write about my life? I'm nobody special. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, um, that's that's how it's sort of birthed. And it took 11 and a half years to actually birth fully out into the world. So it's not something Mm -hmm. that I did in two years or three years. It had a lot of shelving. It had a lot of emotional growth and Mm. uh, challenges that I actually had to go through to just keep going with it, Mm. believe in myself that I can do it. Um, I had to learn creative writing. I had to learn how to turn it into a story, just not a monotonous monologue. There's Mm -hmm. so much involved in writing a book that people are going to be engaged in. Mm. I didn't want to write something 
crap. I mean, I've read a lot of rubbish books and it's like I, <laughs> if I'm putting all my time and effort into this, I don't want it to be rubbish. So I'm really proud of what I've done, what I've created. I'm really happy with where it is and what I produced. And from the feedback that I've got, um, everybody loves it and they basically say I can't put it down. So I'm really wrapped. You know, oh. for a first effort, I'm really wrapped. Um, thank you for sharing that. That's that's incredible because I, I I did see that you've got your final iteration for am, uh, the Amazon the hard copy. Uh, oh, it was around about just before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that <laughs> you, was you a whole another journey. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is a absolutely thank you for sharing that. It, it, it's the so these are the things that I'm really interested in is actually understanding the journey, mm. and because part of it is is the for any of us, we don't need to be given permission, but when you actually hear it from other people and we have a very much an Instagram life where we, uh, or, or an Instagram well, um, certainly not my life is an Instagram, um, as you can no, see, I'm wearing a T-shirt today. <laughs> I've got a birthmark that looks like a hickey. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know and, and so, but, but, I, but I think, what we find is the there is this there is this uh, polishing and uh, of of life and and the and we hear all these amazing stories of of what people go through, but the reality is is quite there's a, there's a lot more behind the scenes of that. And to have oh, a well, to have a eleven and a half year gestation period before you brought this book into into the tangible mm. is is incredible and kudos to you for sticking with it because that's a that's a, that's a well, heck of a journey <laughs> well it is and i mean you know it it got shelved for like three years at a time it mm. got <clears throat> shelved again six months and then eight months and then you know you name it you know life came along pretty much i wrote i actually wrote the first draft over three years in bali like doing writing my own writing retreats yeah so because I had to take myself away from my day-to-day -day life from all the daily distractions and, you know, work and whatever you were doing at the time. I, I never found the time, made the time, mm. not found the time, made the time, made the time. Yeah, to focus on writing it. So, of course, when I was away, I didn't have responsibility for anything else apart from being where I was. Mm. So I could actually sit down and churn through the first draft. So then the actual hard work begins. The actual mm. writing of your first draft is the easiest part. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then the hard work begins. Serious. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a whole, it's a journey. It is a it is a literal massive journey, yeah. Especially going over 11 years because you, you also are evolving in who you are. And so mm. the, the understanding of the experience has new iterations. I was having a chat with, um, Sarah, uh, Dr. Sarah Farrant, and she's written a couple of books. Um, and she's about to go back and actually uh, rewrite one of the books because her language has changed. Yes. And, yes. and, but it's also to be, to be able to actually go that that's just, a lot of, a lot of people read books from the past. And, and I, I know, like, uh, we've got a very similar sort of um, people that we've, we've sort of connected into. And you know, Joe Dispenza is is one of those yeah. individuals. And when you read his earlier works, the placebo, you are the placebo, and then breaking the habit of being yourself, and then to hear his language in becoming supernatural, 
Mm. It's quite profound. Yes. You know, there was, the, and there's definitely an evolution that has actually occurred with him, but it's the courage to actually, because uh, that can create an inertia. It's like, oh no, I've got to change in the future. <laughs> <laughs> you know, would, 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 the words that I'm saying now may actually not be pertinent, um, but it's the courage to actually go right here, right now, which is actually, in some respects, it's living in that that now, isn't it? It's it's that, that present, present moment awareness. Yeah, it is. And and like, gosh, my writing styles change massively from, you know, when I first started on that journey, but also through, you know, watching videos and, and doing various courses and things like that as well. Uh, like, you know, showing, not telling your story. So it, it's, I wanted my book to be like a, a novel type story, even though I was describing events that had happened. And, you know, the, the book isn't just about premature menopause, it's about life. You know, it's about love found, love lost, deaths of parents, jobs gone wrong. You know, life mm. shit happens. Mm. Um, and and basically, the silent warrior is the silent warrior is what kept me going through those hard times because mm. I, I, you know, I was depressed, L antidepressants, mm. um, didn't want to keep going, all that sort of stuff. But I've always had this inner strength, just just see what tomorrow brings. Just see what this afternoon brings. And you just, it's that silent worry. You've got to keep going. And so the second book, God help me, I am writing a sequel. I did see that. Yeah. Is that silent warrior legacy. Because Mm. where the story ends is I actually now have a son. So he's my heart son. He actually is from Bali. Mm-hmm. But we have, and it started through a sponsorship journey, and it started from an, an overseas trip that my partner and I did, which led to the volunteer teaching, which led to meeting Yogi in person, which mm-hmm. led to us having this incredible mother-son bond, even though he has got a mother, or he's got a family. Um, and so where the book ends is, you know, I've just finished the five months volunteer teaching, spending time with him, our relationship starting to develop. There's a whole now 13 years after that wow. where the legacy part of it is the legacy that the values that my parents, that I grew up with, have sort of um, by osmosis, because Yogi's watched me and my struggles over the years, mm-hmm. been passed on to him. And so he's now passing those values onto his siblings. And one day, God willing, if he gets to have children, to his children so it's the legacy mm. of of my past goes passes on to him even though he's from a completely different country mm. and it's like that ripple effect you know and so yeah that's that's definitely the title for the book too there's a lot of other legacy aspects that will be in there as well um yeah so now I've, i mean i've had a break like May is when I actually self-published the book and it was like, I'm over this whole book thing. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got to get started on book two. You know, I've given myself a deadline of three years to get it out and I know the work that's involved to make that happen. So in amongst, you know, working and life and everything else. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's incredible. The... The, the passing of generational wisdom is is something that we've... uh, Yeah, and as I was saying prior to hitting record one of the probably the main intention that i have with this is that we have a there's a lot of patterns that are in the world that really aren't coming from the innate Mm -hmm. state and 
so the 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 intention is is to really tap into people who have really tapped into their innate and sharing that wisdom so we can actually start to um demonstrate mm. the 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 innate uh, the expression of the innate in so many different modalities, the unique modality, the unique state that we we exist in for ourselves, and that's the excitement of this. Silent warrior, hmm. warrior. What does warrior mean to you? Warrior to me is, is standing in your strengths, like standing mm-hmm. in your power, like being a a, a force for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, not in a selfish way, but you know, protecting yourself valuing yourself enough to stand in your what you believe in and what you feel is right for you not being swayed by others and just fighting for what you believe in i mean Mm. life is a fight let's Mm. face it i don't think anyone can say they they go through the world cruising it you know (laughs) life's not like that (laughs) we have our ups and we have our downs and when we're in our downs we do have to fight. We have to put our boxing gloves on or get our shield and our spear and stand there and go, no, I'm not putting up with this or mm. this isn't feeling right. I know I need to make a change, mm. which can be very difficult to do. So that's our, our silent warrior will keep us to our true path, whatever that may be. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Because you see a lot now it with we, we see a lot in the, the men's growth movement um, and there's a there's the authentic expression of that, but you also see quite a bit of the uh, the term that keeps coming to mind, the spiritual ego, uh, which oh, is the ego was in my mind <laughs> when you were talking about that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the spiritual <laughs> ego, which is um, you know, it, it's actually tapping into the 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 idea of 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 pretending to be that. Yes. And and but it's not just the men. There's you know, women are as guilty as that as well. Yeah, yeah. And I know for myself, I know I had a big falling out with my father and uh, quite a few years ago and what that was around was that he he talks a really good conscious game, but the fruits are quite different to that. Mm. And that's probably been the thing for myself. And part of it has also been the self-flagellation that goes on with it as well, which is which is not wanting not wanting to be a fraud. Yes. Now, you know, to, yeah. to, to, to be authentic in who I am. And but also to receive myself with grace when I don't. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's um I had a beautiful definition of grace is how you receive yourself after. Mm. And, yeah, like yeah, and mm. it's it's a gorgeous definition. Because my my definition of grace has always been, well, has sort of probably subconsciously and consciously to a degree been from that religious aspect of things where it's mm. like you win favour, no yes. matter how shit you are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as long as your intention is sort of a pure sort of thing, but it, yeah. you know, which is quite a dysfunctional perspective, but I love the receiving of yourself in love mm. without... Because I, I I hear the term shame, and actually I saw something just on one of the popular sort of um, uh, conscious spaces, and they were saying they were putting forward a book and saying that that health, uh, healthy shame is good, and I'm going, 
No, <laughs> my definition of shame is where guilt is, I made a mistake, shame is I am the mistake. So there's yeah. nothing healthy yeah. about saying I am the mistake. And no, totally. Yeah, so it's it's actually coming forward into that. But the warrior, mm. I, I'll come back to the warrior, I'm, I've sort of jumped on mm. a little bit. But the warrior is, is a fascinating thing. We know Carl Jung's put that forward, I think Carl Jung, but it's been popular within the men environment. And we see, yeah. but it's funny, kicking off this podcast, the connection with with blokes. I, I, I've had one who's a really good mate of mine, um, Chad, who I kicked off with the second podcast. I've got another one with a guy, Nathan Maingard, who's quite a, an extraordinary human um, in South Africa. But the vast majority are women. And <laughs> <I need that. laughs> yeah, it's 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 incredible that because you start to see this this idea of the warrior. We you've seen the guys out there, these men's groups, you know, painting themselves and uh, you know, and yeah. all chest beady, which is maybe an expression, but the this I'm actually seeing more of the women demonstrating mm. the essence of the warrior and especially your beautiful definition of a warrior is this mm. this this uh, the silent warrior i think is even more powerful because it's not you're not demonstrating it for anyone else you're no. not doing it as some sort of like look at me it's actually exactly. it is actually this I, i'm i'm the word courage i, I love the word courage yeah. and the definition yeah. of courage to me is actually I'll go to you. What's the definition of courage for you? Oh, now so I'll put I you on the spot a bit. <laughs> no, there is a, a courage. Oh, I've, there's a there's a great quote, and now of course it won't come to me now that you've put me on the spot. <laughs> courage. I think this is it, mm -hmm. and I can't remember who said it. Courage mm -hmm. is fear walking. Fear walking, wow! Yes. Because let's face it, you've you've got to push those through those fears. You've got to say, okay, yep, I'm scared, I'm terrified. What if I don't know? It might go wrong. It might be a mistake. But you know what? If you don't walk through that and out the other side, you'll never know. And I tell you what, a hundred percent of the time, it is never a mistake because you've always learnt something from it, even if it hasn't gone how you thought it might. Or, or come in the pretty box and bow that you imagined it was going to rock up, mm -hmm. um, it's never a mistake and you've learned from it. So you've got to have the courage just to go, okay, push past, push through all that fear mm. and have the courage to keep going. Yep. I love that. I love that. Mm. I, yeah, that's a beautiful definition. Okay. What I'm starting to say, and as you that. – That's right. We'll, we'll attribute it to some amazing person. Yeah, um, I'll find it and send it to you. <laughs> But when you when you look at um, so courage to me the and and I love you've added that into it because it's just expanded my definition of it I guess so courage to me was the first movement in that's that it's not so much the jumping out of the over the trenches that's an expression of courage mm. it, or the to your terminology of that you know where you're actually moving forward. Even with fear, you know, mm. you're still moving forward. But mm. there's that there's that first step in where everything else is let go. There's a decision that is made where mm. you've actually, and I love the word decision comes from the similar root as the word incision, which is to cut away. So decision mm. is to cut everything else away. And so to be able to do that is to be able to tap into that innate. 
let everything else go, and then express from that innate. Mm. And that to me yeah. is this courageous move, this courage that we actually have. Because yeah. that's, that's the thing that I start to see is that when we look at the, uh, the, war- the silent warrior is actually that true state of courage, that, that true state of stepping into my authenticity and what that actually mm. looks like, the innate, the mm. innate wisdom that we actually have. Yeah. Hmm. It's, what sent you on this trajectory? It's a term I've probably used a couple of times with people, but because I, I, you've, you've been on this amazing trajectory with things, and I'm looking forward to reading the book, by the way. I'll, I'll... <laughs> to be honest, Duncan, I just live life. Like I, I, my innate wisdom is I follow my heart. So if it feels good or I get the nudge and it keeps being a strong nudge, even though I'm thinking I don't know where this is going to go, but I, I get I have strong intuition. I have, I have strong nudges. If it feels right in here, then I'll just take, I'll jump. Like I'm a jumper. Um, yeah. I don't think too much about it. And honest to God, you know, I've been on such an incredible journey over my life. Not all roses by any stretch, but uh, yeah, it's, that's, I've just followed my heart <laughs> really my whole been... life. And, you know, it has led me into relationships I probably shouldn't have got into. Mm. Well, no, I should have got into them. I had to get into them to learn the lessons mm. um, and following my heart to know when this isn't working and I can't do it anymore. And then you have to break away from that, which is, you know, mm. a really hard thing to do. Same with jobs, same with, I don't know, moving houses, moving towns, just life. So, yeah, I, I've just followed my heart and here I am. <laughs> it, it's incredible. Thank you. Because you, you look at the... The when we look at the world around uh, ourselves, the life that we that a lot of us have, it's it's all about creating safety. We have insurance. We have this. We have this. We we create contingency plans and and that side of things. We we try and make and I I love the terminology. And again, I can't remember who said it. So I'm with you with that. But the, there was a word. You know, when we're teaching children, don't try and smooth the road out for them, teach them mm. to drive on any terrain. Absolutely. And walk on any terrain. And and I yeah. and I think I think the more and you see this, the grumpy old man syndrome is a fascinating syndrome because what it is is they they need the world to be exactly how it needs to be. So I'm okay in my bubble. Yes. And and don't you push my triggers. <laughs> and, and, and 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 so you've got this you it's all about trying to create this this world of perfection around you, which yes. is the amount of energy that's required to do that. Oh. It's impossible. <laughs> it's- I, I'm laughing because I turned into a grumpy old woman when I was away for three months over winter in, in Bali and Vietnam because the little world that I had envisaged that my three months away was going to be was definitely not. And at times I lost my rag over certain noise levels and things. So, yeah, I'm laughing here because it's like, oh, my God, I've turned into a grumpy old woman. (laughs) (laughs) My world was not perfect. (laughs) But I I think that's – we're familiar with Peter Crone. Yes, love him. Oh, my God, love the man. Yeah, amazing soul. And I love his catchphrase that people send – life sends people in circumstances to expose where we're not free. Absolutely, and, and that's that was a mantra of mine for many years. As I own my shit, you know, yep. 
And and so part of that was really stepping into this this real sort of wisdom of what are my triggers? And one of the insights that I sort of got for myself is that we're all given a, a metal detector, a gold detector, and we go through life sweeping that gold detector. And when it starts beeping, mm. you've got to stop and dig. Mm. And that beeping is that internal trigger. Got to love that. Yeah. yeah. And it was just a beautiful, powerful analogy for me because yeah. that went, wow, I'm really triggered here. Mm-hmm. And actually to do that journey in and to go, tell me more, which is fascinating for you to have gone through a biography, an autobiography in some respects, because you're actually going back and experiencing as, as, as this, as you've, as you've moved on Mm. over the years, you're now going Mm. back and actually revisiting yourself as a younger person Mm. with the wisdom of the experience of 11, 15, 20, 30 years. Mm. Mm. And and that's really fascinating from a healing perspective as well because talk to me about that. What, What sort of healing did you experience going through that? Well, of course, you're so when you when so this is basically how I did my process with the book is is I knew when I was on the retreat and I thought, okay, yeah, I have got a story to tell. So then I sort of sat down. It's like, okay, well, what is the story? And it, I knew it had to be. It started with the premature menopause. That was the main crux crux of the story. Mm-hmm. But because I've had sort of quite an, an I had well, I still have. At that stage, I'd had quite an electric mix of life. Mm-hmm seems to be my um my journey this time around but um so then I basically sat down and because I'd had a lot of like pivotal moments like life-changing moments things where I had to make hard decisions so I basically sat down because I knew I wanted the book to end where I was at that time in Bali doing the volunteer teaching and I, I knew because I only had another month before we were leaving that um, experience. And I was already dreading it. Like in the morning when we would, or in the afternoon, not rather around lunchtime when we'd, we would drive to the ASAN on motorbike, so I was pillion passenger, like I would be crying under the helmet because I, I knew I was, A, I was dreading leaving, B, I was ready to leave, like I was exhausted with the whole process, but I had loved my experience, I'd loved the kids, absolutely loved yogi and the thought of now leaving all that behind and coming back to New Zealand to start over like I just I would fast forward to that day when we left and it would just break my heart mm-hmm. so I knew my story was going to probably finish at that leaving mm-hmm. so I had a, a timeline that I wanted to write about and so then I basically sat down with pen and paper the whole book was written with pen and paper and typed into a computer afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down all the years that I wanted to cover and what were the pivotal moments, what were the major life things that went on in those years. And that's then, okay, well, I'm going to, and then I just started writing. It was just like basically a big long journal of mm-hmm. what had gone on. So, um, and it all it started, I had to, I backtracked into the story as to how I had come to be diagnosed with premature menopause because mm-hmm. that was a physical thing that happened to me and it was brought on by severe stress. Mm-hmm. So I went into the backstory yep. to give readers 
a reason as to why that had then happened, and then the story carried on from there. Um, and of course, you know, you, you're reliving every moment. You're reliving sitting in that specialist's office and getting the diagnosis. You're reliving when your mother dies. You're reliving when your father dies. You're reliving when you tell your partner, I can't do this anymore, we have to separate. You know, all the horrible shit that you go through, as well as all the joy that the initial travel that I did overseas. I talk a lot about my first trip away to Europe and the very special things I experienced there. So, you know, there are nice things in there. It's not all like you do need to have tissues. That's one warning that I need to put on the book. You need tissues to read the book because everyone says, oh, my God, you had me in tears. <laughs> which, um, which is fascinating. The question I feel like I've just rabbited Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I think what we look at, what what I'm fascinated about, and it's and I love the the effect of the book on people if they're having mm. tears because a beautiful soul that I know and I'll um, I'll have him on is an amazing amazing sound um, therapist and I think that sort of he's beyond a therapist he's just yeah. a gong guru he's known as Matt Matt and. And he says, you know, tears is just the trauma um, mm. frosting. You know, we mm. it's that effect. I, I probably haven't done him justice. I'll get Matt to say it when I chat with him. Yeah. But, but when you actually experience that, and and I think with any book that really sort of when you have that uh, that that connection with a book and there's tears is is there is something that's releasing and and we know from the works of you know, um louise hay uh, we've got also um gabriel mate um yeah and then there's other books you know when the body says no and and we know we actually hold this in and you know if you look at a child that experiences a trauma at the age of seven or eight that trauma is still interpreted from a seven or eight-year-old for years and sometimes yeah. subconsciously sits there. And then when you have the courage, which is that movement inwards, to actually go back, and there's no better way of actually doing that than actually sitting there and having to write it yes, and and yeah. to bring it forward. Um, I, I do a, a, a thing called release writing, which most people, well, a lot of people are familiar with, where it's the ability of just sitting down with a pen and paper for six minutes and the first you wake up in the morning, the first thing you experience, whatever that might be, and pen to paper and you write. And yep. you and the reason why six minutes is because it's, you're starting to push things. You don't. But I, what I find is now it's you keep writing and writing and writing until yeah. you feel a degree of until you feel complete. Yes. And what comes out of that is some of the shit that comes up. You sit there and go, "That's inside of me." Yeah. <laughs> That's inside of me. That's the narrative that's sitting there going, it's a piece of shit, is useless. He's a, yeah. you know, that stuff's starting to come out and you yes. bring that out. Now, the beauty of that, like a good vomit, you don't sit there and pick through it. You, you, you burn it. <laughs> fluff <laughs> it. it. You need a better visual there for people. Where's the button to fluff it? <laughs> yeah. And you, you 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 get rid of that crap. And and it, But you don't do it out of shame. There's no emotion. There's no. no there's no you're not attaching anything to it other than a release, but to be able to sit there and actually go through and articulate and the healing that would go on, I, I think would be quite incredible uh, to, to go through. Yeah. 
I mean, I remember, I remember, you know, sitting in my my room in Bali as when I was doing the first draft because the first draft is where it's just all the the raw everything, the experience, the emotion is just going down on paper, and particularly when I had to write about when I got to the the first hard part, which was writing about my mother dying. And I wrote in detail. I relived that moment. And, you know, I had to do that in probably two or three stages because you would just be, and I could feel the emotion coming up now, even talking about, I mean, she's been dead. She died in 97. Dead a long time. Mm. Um, So, and this is what happens. You're, You're reliving that moment and writing it down so you're back in there um but now i can actually you know i can read it in my book uh and you know i'm i won't cry but mm-hmm. at the time you are you are just reliving it and you're letting it out again because obviously there's still more grief that's sitting there mm-hmm. um and then you know you move on to the next thing and yeah, that's, there's been, it, it took a long time to, to work through the whole thing because mm. of that reason. And there was, there was one particular thing that is not in the book, it will never be made public, but I did not want to write that. I knew I had to for me mm. uh, and I didn't want to write it and, you know, just keep getting the tap on the shoulder. You've got to put this down mm. on paper, girl. Mm. And so I did. And it was, it was a relief when I had done it. Mm. Um, but I didn't want to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and that's the other thing. Whatever you write in your first draft, your second draft, your third draft, your tenth draft, it doesn't necessarily all go in the book because otherwise, like if I had have published what I had wrote, like everything, it would be a, a tomb of a book. Mm. So, you know, you've then got to pick and choose, well, what are the important aspects? What's the important aspects of the message that I'm actually that's weaving through this book and mm. unfortunately there are stuff that doesn't get to go in there so yeah well, and the, probably never will <laughs> oh beautiful thank you for your expression of that that was just incredible and I, I I think to me there seems to be like two books are written one is mm. the book that is the expression external but the other book is your mm. book yes. to, to express that and the gift within that is the is the is the recalibration mm. of experiences with the innate mm. as you step more and more into the the beauty of who you are and the wisdom of that as it's come more and more and you've let go of who you're not mm. um, to then go back and experience that and calibrate that into your mm. body. I mean that tattoo of my arm. My mum died about twelve years ago. She was a superwoman, you know, yes. and um, you know yeah. so. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that um, you know the, the the experience of that, um, and especially when we go through those moments with our the passing of a especially your mother, um, and I don't know whether you experienced this, but I was the one who sort of had to organize everything. Um, my dad was a mess. Yeah, um, my siblings were thrown. Mm. And, I had the ability to just in. Now, that was great to get the job done. Yes. But what was was my time to to sit with that? Yes. And there are times where the emotion does come up still. Mm. Mm. And and it was, I had a a beautiful, had a beautiful uh, um, 
a relationship with the plant medicines. Um, yep. with, with, and I had one experience that was really about that connection with my mother and mm-hmm. healing of that. And that was incredible because yep. what I was holding in my body, what I was holding in my psyche, what I was holding in the, 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 to, to Joe Dispenza's thing, you know, that mind that was created for us but not by us, mm. uh, to paraphrase, you know, what he does, is, is uh, to be able to actually then to, to then sort of sit with that and actually start to, to release yes. and receive that with grace, receive yes. myself with grace. And, and, and so the emotions come up and, and there, there are tears. And, and, and even as you were talking there, I could feel that sort of just that little bit of heaviness on the chest, mm, um, yeah, lump in the throat sort of thing. And just the recognition of, yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and I think that's, that's beautiful. And that's part of uh, what I love about the patterning of the innate, the courage that you've shown, the courage that you've, demonstrated and brought forward as a gift as the book that we'll read but not the book that there's another book that you've written for yourself but that book we we can read actually can can actually give us i hate using the word permission i haven't got a better word at this moment but this the permission to be all that we are Mm. when you see other people demonstrate that you go oh shit i'm all in (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna just step in and just let go which is one of the things you mentioned, I, I, and I love that with the innate, uh, where you, you you trust that intuition, that prompt mm. that you're mm. a jumper. Yeah, yeah. And that's 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 huge. That's that's I, I think there are five senses that we have, and everyone's familiar with those five senses. But there are two other senses, which are the noble senses, which is intuition and imagination. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Ooh. Bubbles have just come up Hi. as a <laughs> like that. That was freaky. There was something important that for those that are listening, we're on Zoom at the moment. Zoom has a fe- feature when you put your hand up in a particular thing, it'll release these these characters. What like balloons. We had balloons floating through, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. So it either means I'm full of hot air or. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, there's something maybe this should be a light bulb moment that actually comes yeah. up. I should stop moving my hands. Fireworks going <laughs> off in the background. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it. fireworks, <laughs> which is which is great. But uh yeah, this 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 ability to 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 step into those noble senses that are that are as real, if not more real. Mm. And certainly the beauty of those senses when calibrated from the soul, which intuition is the soul's language. Uh, imagination can be can be um, hijacked through 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 the patterns so, to a to a degree. But yeah, when when you become very skillful with your imagination, you can be very very targeted, very focused mm-hmm. from that innate state. But I, I love this. I'd love to step into maybe a little bit of the so menopause is a, is 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 an area that keeps coming forward. And um, at the moment, it's like out there in red lights. Yeah. Finally, which is awesome because it's needed because, you know, women get targeted as crazy. I'm married to a crazy bitch. She's not the woman that I I met. Well, no, she's not because unfortunately our hormones run the show and really we can't do anything about it. Well, we can 
we can take HRT or, you know, do other things to help it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah it, it's literally out of our control. So you're, you're in for the ride, buddy, if you've got a partner who's going into perimenopause or as many pause, menopausal or whatever. Yeah. You're in it for the long haul just like she is, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah. I, I, when we look at with menopause, menopause is a – because I had a look into this and and just to understand it from my perspective, and the, and the reason why it's very close to me is my, my gorgeous wife, Katerina, is experiencing mm. what you would align symptoms mm. to and understanding where that sort of comes from with it. And a bit of a backstory with, with Kat is that she um, experienced a stroke um as a result of and th- this was attributed and and I you know it's certainly on when you look at the warning that is associated with it with the contraceptive pill right and and we look at all these this these dysregulators that seem to really impact women massively we've got a lot of xenoestrogens out there in the environment through the the, the chemical yep. uh there's a high percentage of phytoestrogens especially with the the introduction of a lot of um, things like the soy based um, yep. and, and that those sort of plants. So there's a lot of things that disrupt. And then we've also got this this early uh, um, access to a, a an auspicing medication of the contraceptive pill that 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 in some respects, um, and that and this is what I'm starting to to hear in conversation is 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 really um disrupting the natural cycles and a lovely Lindley. I had a chat with Lynn Lindley with um yeah I don't know if you know Lindley. I think you might do. But she she was um the very first podcast that we that I did and we she's got a really big focus on um perimenopause mm-hmm. and um uh and premenopause I should say peri well, yeah, yep. but menop- let's call it menopause. Yeah, and, and and she's experiencing some of the changes with that. And it was beautiful to actually look at her, the ceremony she she has and what she does in this space with understanding the the cycle and understanding yep. the, the the seasonal. She attributes it like a seasonal cycle each month. With mm-hmm. that. And then the then there's the overall cycle that we see over a year, and then the the connection with the moon, and and we know that when you know, and I and, and I've I've heard this many a times that women can begin to cycle together mm. when they're in close yeah. close proximity. So there's a wisdom that sort of sits in that that beautiful feminine space, that feminine mm. energy, and but there's a lot of disruption that actually goes in, into that. And I, and I noticed you said there was a huge, you went through a significant stress that you attributed yeah. to the kicking off of the, the, the early menopause mm. and, you know, the premature menopause. And I, and I find this fascinating too, because one of the things that we're starting to see or starting to come forward in, in the understanding of, of menopause is also the, how the adrenals play into mm. the the space of the endocrine system as the as there seems to be a waning of effect from the from the ovaries and with with the production of hormones. So it's a it, there's an there's an interesting thing that's sort of coming out because I, I remember having a conversation with my sister 
And she, because um, we were talking about things, and I said, oh, well, you, you're getting a bit older. And she goes, don't you effing say menopause. <laughs> and I went, whoa. She says, that's a, that's a, that's a made-up term. It's a confabulation. I went, oh, tell me more. Now, I have, I have, I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to understand this for myself. Yes. And, and and so one of the things that I uh, that we 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 started to to discuss was that humans are the only species on Earth that doesn't die once they stop uh, the female species mm. that is that doesn't die once they stop being fertile, and yet the males can become fertile. I and mean, we see these old bloody actors that are still you know <laughs> getting dating their, their, these these young women down the track, and and so. It, it, I look at this as a whether there because there's also a, an amazing aspect of change that we see, and this is what Lindley and I were chatting a little bit about as we move from the from the the maiden to the mother to the maga to the crone, which is a beautiful sort of these initiation stages, these transition stages that overlap to a degree and maybe work mm. harmoniously for a while, and yeah. I and I find this fascinating. But but stress, yeah, our ability yeah. to to, to be able to m- metabolize, mitigate. Well, we, we spend most of our life trying to mitigate stress, but the the reality is is that we're probably needing to understand how to be able to have resilience through stress and and those sort of skills, which is which is it's a skill that. that we find later in life that we try to work this shit out, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, I, well, I, I'll tell you what. Actually, it was the resilience through stress that I want to swear. <laughs> allowed to Drop swear. the f bombs. <laughs> um, that if apostrophe, you know, my yeah. body. Yeah. Because I pushed through the situation, mm. unbeknownst to me, I was damaging my body further by pushing through mm. so i i personally would not be a, a, a an advisor of resilience through stress mm-hmm. stress is a warning and particularly long term chronic stress if mm. you don't deal with that if you don't change things or look at it you will get sick mm. something will trigger in your body and it might be something as with what happened with me that it was um, congenital. It was something that was in me that I didn't know was in me. So, for example, I was only born with one ovary. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know right. that till years later when I had further investigation. Mm-hmm. But the chronic stress I put myself through meant I lost my appetite. Mm-hmm. I wasn't eating properly because I felt sick. When I, when I did eat, I felt sick, so I wasn't eating properly. And I lost a lot of weight really quickly. Now, with women, and, the, and there's a lot of, you know, pro-athlete women that lose weight or uh, really hammer their bodies for certain sports, mm-hmm. um, they're going to bugger up their their reproductive system mm. because as women, we need to have a certain amount of, you know, fat and all sorts of things and, and the right hormones to be able to have babies. That's the whole mm-hmm. point of us, you know, mm. from a biological point of view. Now, if you play havoc with that, you lose a lot of weight. In my situation, my remaining ovary basically shut down because my cortisol levels were so high, and cortisol is a hormone. Mm-hmm. My cortisol levels were so high, it completely overruled everything else, adrenals, you know, blah, 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 
everything basically shut down. And mm. I didn't know that at the time. My only symptom was no periods. My periods stopped because of stress. And at that time, with what I was going through, it was nine months before I actually went to a doctor about it because mm-hmm. I had other stuff going on. That's like, well, I'm okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then that's when I was diagnosed. I was already now postmenopausal, as according mm. to the blood tests, and I was twenty nine. Wow. So yeah, it's um and and you know you see it all the time, and there's I'm sure there's countless research out there. Cancer, diabetes, stroke, mm-hmm. heart attack, you name it. Stress will trigger if you're predisposed to something. Stress will trigger it. Trigger it. If mm-hmm. you don't pay attention and learn to handle, mitigate, dumb down that stress, deal with it. You've got to find a way to deal with mm-hmm. it and not let it be a chronic thing for months on end because mm-hmm. then that becomes your new normal. And that new normal, your body can't cope with it on an, as a healthy body ongoing. Yep. It just can't. Something's got to break. Well, it can't. And, and uh, you, you certainly see... My background was in exercise science, and 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 it was fascinating because I seemed to have when I had a um, a studio, a fitness studio that I kicked off. I had a lot of people with either neurodegenerative disorders or autoimmune disorders as well. And and when you look, if we look at the example of a joint, if we, if we have a chronic inflammation in a joint. The, the the inflammation is there to try and protect the joint, but it there is an overcompensation, especially if it's continually irritated. And then basically the, the structures begin to change and mm. we end up with an arthritic condition. And it's what I'm also what's starting to sort of come through to me, and, and I'm I'll fumble over my words with this is because I'm still developing the the significance of this for myself, but the the nervous system is a fascinating um, aspect of us to look at, and and if we if we don't have a, a nervous system that's that's been developed in an environment of empowerment, and we know that the impact of the zero to seven years of age um, is where base programs are set. Um, we also know from the works of Gabor Mate, who's, who's sort of popularised a lot of this, that the impact of a the gestational period mm. and the stress on the mother has implications as well. So if we have a nervous system that is dysregulated, that is not, because humans are the, we're, we're probably one of the only species that, that takes a long time for our nervous system to really come online. Um, our brain, uh, you know, it, 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 we have all these reflexes that happen in the body, and um, and I talked about this in previous podcasts where we actually have these. You see a child with like a you put your finger in their hand; it's the palmer reflex. They grasp grasp onto their onto your fingers, sort of thing. So there's these reflexes that are designed to get our body to come online and actually get us to move and actually inter interrelate with the world or interact with the world. Mm. But if there's disruptions of that, there can be disruptions within the cognitive ability of a child. Mm. Uh, if we're utilising walkers too much, for example, or if the crawling patterns uh, are disrupted, or if there is not a, a cross-pattern movement with a child, there's a homolateral movement when they cross, uh, when they're doing crawling, for example. So all these things are designed to try and get our, our body moving. But if we've got 
and in the environment around us isn't conducive to actually bringing that nervous system on in a very functional way. And this is not condemnation of parents and stuff like that because they had the same impact from their parents. This is yeah. where we, we, we see yeah. the functional generational wisdom coming through, which is the generation <laughs> patterns. And so it, the idea is, is you, you, go, you go into your life with a very uh, poorly developed nervous system. Mm. So what will happen is, is that nervous system be, will be not operating properly and it will become inflamed. And especially if you're regulating it through the personality that was created for you, which is that that mind that Joe Dispenza talks about. Mm. Yeah, yeah. For those that, that haven't read his book, you know, breaking the habit of being yourself, how to lose your mind and create a new one. Mm. Now, that's a very fascinating title because there is the ability to create your own, a new mind from the state of the innate as you let go of the mind that isn't you, mm. that mind that isn't you is the, is, the, is the patterns that you've actually had instilled in you. So you, you come into life and all of a sudden, how are we supposed to actually work with life? First of all, we don't know about the, the noble senses of the innate and the imagination in a functional way. We've got this, this feeling body. And if our feelings aren't regulated, we'll step into the emotional charge of everything. And that's how we yeah. run our life is through emotional yeah. charge. And that emotional charge has that feedback into the nervous system. So we've got yeah. this hyper, <laughs> you know, fight and flight mechanism that's going on. And how many diseases? So yeah. if we're in a regulated state, like a car is regulated with its, if the wheels are all balanced in a car and you're driving, there's no vibration. You're at ease. Yeah. Car yeah. is at ease. Yep. But when you're actually, if there's a, a vibration in a tyre, one of the, the weights is lost or the wheel, the pressure is lost in the tyre, all of yep. a sudden you've got this vibration or your steering's out a little bit and you've got this vibration yep. going through life. And if you don't pay attention then, yep. it'll, it'll, you know, you'll lose, for those that are mechanically minded, you'll lose a lot of your steering. Your you wheel fell off. And then you crash and burn. And you crash and burn, yeah. <laughs> literally, literally, yeah, you like, you, you know. You that's do. what happened so to think, me. I crashed and burned. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, and that's the thing too. Is we go from ease to unease to disease to disease, mm-hmm. and that's that's the process. And yeah. and I think that's the. But again, it's the receiving of you after that's happened, and you go. We go through the self-flagellation. I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. I should have been better. I should have done this. Well, well, no, you. It happened exactly the way it was because it happened that way. I was just rooting for my book because Peter Jones <laughs> says that, and I've because uh, in <clears throat> at the beginning of each chapter I've got quotes, like mm. quotes that actually fit with the top the topic of the chapter. Yep. And in one of the chapters, and I was just going to try and flick through and find it. I've got Peter Crone and and that quote because, yeah, why did it happen? Because it did. Yep. Like it couldn't have not ha- ha- have happened, you know, because. Well, it just can't because <laughs> it, well, it did. It, it did. It did. But this is the this is the wisdom, and I, I love what you've done with the the writing of the book, and especially the gestation period of the book as well. Is that there is that real sort of the the ability to really sit in your experience again? And oh god, and again, and again, and again, and again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, the, the, but that's the beauty of metabolizing. It's almost like you, you look at it with the, the ruminate animals where they, they chew the cud. They bring it back up again to processes it and bring it up. <laughs> so I'm full of analogies, you'll probably. <laughs> but, 
but it's that talking about me the whole time (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's 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 that that ability to bring it up now rumination can be a dysfunctional thing but if Mm. you're ruminating to process Mm. you're choosing to bring it up and you're choosing to look at it and work through it and release what needs to be released but to actually process and there is there is a beautiful and I, I and I love this. It seems to be, and, I, and I've worked on sort of this this three phases of energetics. The first phase is the cannibalistic phase, where we we consume people around us and they consume us. Mm-hmm. The second phase is the metabolism phase, which is where we actually start to take responsibility. Mm. We're learning to respond. We have the ability to respond to ourselves, and we start to do that journey inwards, and then we begin to metabolize ourselves. Mm. We, we metabolize those our all the things that we're holding on to consciously and subconsciously, we have the ability to metabolize those. And like we can metabolize fat in the body, we can liberate that, putting it through an energy cycle and, and get the energy out of it and mm. release what's yeah. what, what isn't there. And and so there is a there is actually a, a beautiful self-supporting energetics that actually goes on. And this is, you know, we see this in these journeys of um, sabbaticals or, um, yeah. you know, the the um you see a practice it within silent journeys and stuff like that where we actually have to sit in our own sweat lodge of our own emotions mm. metabolize that and then the third phase is where you actually are energized from the innate with mm. actually now you're not a consumer per se in 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 its entirety there's a tipping point that reaches and you're coming from that state. So these are the three phases that I look at with it. Mm. People can say, well, that's like the butterfly sort of thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's yep. a, another example as well. But the yep. consuming of, of the people around you is this cannibalistic state. And and the, the classic way to do, get to, if you want a buffet, create drama. Yes, totally. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of people that continually live in that, mm. um, which isn't fun for anybody. Yeah, well, fear has a beautiful yeah, totally. oh, God, fear paralyzes you. It can literally paralyze you. Yeah, yeah. And you can you can you can run your energy system off that, but it'll screw your energy system up, as we actually right. find, which is which is quite amazing. Yep. So your experience with 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 premature menopause, and I, I really encourage people to read the book because I I I I I can see just in our conversation, I'm I'm really excited to actually read the book. So I'll I'll, I'll track when when's it available on amazon is it actually oh, it's, on, it's on amazon it's you'll on you'll need to look for silent warrior transformation as the title yeah uh because if you put my name in i will not come up i'm having battle with amazon over that <laughs> anyhow it is yeah, what yeah. it is and yeah. i'm just meaning i can't you know i ain't going to be able to fight them that's just how it works that's... so yeah silent warrior transformation i will come up yeah, um, yeah but i can also send you a direct link to the to it anyway and it's, oh, it's on ebook I, as well as in physical form so yeah i will put that in the show notes sort of thing but i'm i'm, I'm thinking we might um it, it would come up we're, we're well into over an hour i'm just mindful of your time as well oh no i'm fine with time oh no, you're fine with time because there's, yeah. there's so many actually before we do wanderluster i've got to ask where did you where did that yes. come from now before we forget because something yeah. i do want to have a conversation around hrt Oh, let's go therapy. there. Let's go there. Okay, yep. okay, well, we'll go there first and then we'll talk about the one wanderluster thing. Mm-hmm. And I do, I mean, right through the book, because I'm on HRT. I have been on HRT for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. There are still a lot of women who are terrified of HRT because there was a big study done over in America way back in the early 2000s mm-hmm. 
that showcased the results from which were, you know, a higher risk of breast cancer, higher risk of stroke, higher risk of heart disease. But the women that they did the study on had already gone through menopause. They were older women, like they were over 50, Mm -hmm. and they had comorbidities. So that actual study has now been basically, you know, debunked. But it's still out there in mass consciousness that HRT will kill you or it's bad for you. Mm. And my advice, and I, I talk about it a lot right through the book, or well, not right through the book, but it's it's a big part of my journey, obviously. Um, so the first thing, when you're going into or you've gone into premature menopause, that's before 40, and some women don't even have period starts. So some women are uh, postmenopausal or are deemed premature menopause at 15, 16, 18, 20, 21. Wow. That's early. Now, with us that have gone into menopause earlier, our body isn't producing the hormones it should be. Mm. So for HRT, we need the HRT to bump up those hormones back to normal levels Mm. to help support our bones because otherwise you'll get osteoporosis. Mm. And I have dipped in, I did in the past, dip into osteoporosis. I'm back out into osteopenia, which is the, just before your bones go into osteoporosis, mm-hmm. because our estrogen is such a big part of, of our bone health, also your heart health. There are so many different types of HRT out there now. I'm on an estrogen patch, so it is mm-hmm. not going into my internal system as in through my gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you have had breast cancer now, hey, I'm not a doctor and I take no responsibility mm-hmm. for facts, figures, you know, I step away from all that. but basically go and talk to a knowledgeable doctor. Um, If you need estrogen for your sexual health, and I got this from a medical doctor recently, Mm. if women, because down there with Mm. women, um, when when your hormones drop, down there becomes um, the tissue, the tissue becomes like tissue. So Mm. sex is really painful. Now Mm. you can actually get, topical estrogen to put up there to help with that Mm -hmm. and apparently it's localized so it stays there it doesn't travel up into your body so if you've had breast cancer or you can't take hrt because of that reason Mm -hmm. apparently the topical estrogen is fine for down there but please go and do your own research and find Mm. out about that but what i'm getting back to with hrt overall so women that are going into menopause earlier we are in a very different um, we are a very different scenario to women that are in perimenopause or going into menopause mm-hmm. later, as in, you know, 40 plus. So we need to replace our hormones to continue to have a long, healthy body. Mm-hmm. So back in the day when I first went on it, there were no patches. It was pill form. And I've tried various types. I've tried completely natural. When I went completely natural, I lost 8% of my bone density in a year. Because it's not a standardized dose, and you've got to have enough of it to make a difference in your body. Um, so basically, now I would advise women if you're in fear around HRT, then don't touch it because you're just going to be all constantly thinking, Oh my God, I'm going to get breast cancer. Mm. Oh my God, I'm going to have a stroke. If that's your main thinking, then don't go there, please. 
But if you know that your body needs some support and some health, uh, some help, um, there are a lot of options out there. And I would highly recommend transdermal estrogen, which is an estrogen patch. Mm -hmm. And then if you've got a uterus, generally you need to take progesterone as well. So go and see a specialist, go and have a chat, go and do your research. Mm. Please don't be terrified of it. But if you are terrified of it, then stay away. Yeah, beautiful advice there. I think that's um, and thank you for sharing that. It's that what our return to wholeness, which is my definition of health, uh, is and uh, is is a bespoke journey, and it's a journey where you've got to receive yourself with love and grace, and the. So there's probably a couple of things that goes on is is the the understanding of what was the etiology of it. You may never find it, um, but beginning to do that side of things creates ownership. And ownership doesn't mean that you're to blame. It's not not about the blame and shame game. It's actually about it's about authority. And stepping into your authority and actually having a look at what's actually creating situations for yourself. And I and you know, if I look at um depression, for example, which I can certainly speak into because I, I got to the stage where I, I attempted suicide a couple of times. And um thank God I was shit at that because I'm still here. And yeah, um, but but at that point in time I had a beautiful beautiful um, psychologist, counsellor, um, who said to me, he said, you know, when you look at life, it's like a seesaw and you've got good shit and you've got bad shit. Mm. The problem is, is if something happens where it tips it down and anyone who's ever been on a seesaw with a, with an older cousin or an older yeah. friend <laughs> and you're sitting up in the air, no matter yeah. how many, how many you know, little people you put at that top end, they're going to keep sliding down to the bad shit. So you sit there and you're trying to do all the good stuff. But sometimes you've actually got to jack that bottom part up. Mm. Yes, you've got totally. To, you've got to lift that, that side up until we come back to that that yep. horizontal position again as opposed to that angular. And and I, and that, I, I remember there was a surrender moment for myself in that moment where I just went, everything's on the table. Now, I, I've, I was involved in the pharmaceutical industry for 20 years. I've seen the dysfunction. I've seen the corruption. Yeah. I've seen the, the, the cherry-picking of the data. I've seen the design of studies. Where science used to be, you come up with a mm. hypothesis and your study is designed about disproving that hypothesis. Now it's all about proving that hypothesis, which straight off the bat is, is bias. And, and I've seen the cherry-picking that goes on within the pharmaceutical industry. And and it, and even in the journals, and especially the last four years, we don't really need to go there. But that was that's <laughs> a really good example of the, the BS that's been uh, you follow the science, which is a crock of shit. Yeah. But but the, the the reality is is that that you you have the the if you have the courage, which is that moving inwards, that ownership. Mm. Then you go down that avenue and it, and the, the, the more intimate you become with yourself, getting to know who you are, which is the premise of, of, of why we're here on this earth that I see is, is, the, is the intimate understanding of who I am. Mm. Because from that, 
there is a natural expression. Like a tree doesn't think about growing fruit. Uh, it, it's a byproduct of its its growth. And so if you grow, there'll be a natural byproduct of the functional that comes out. So that's what I start to see is, is that that the courage to go on it because we, we've we seen some incredible results within the carnival diet, for example. Mm. We've seen incredible I've seen incredible results with fasting. I've seen incredible results with plant medicine and, and homeopathics. And, and I've also seen incredible results with, with looking at your, 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 your Western mainstream medicine side of things. Yep. But the big thing I probably encourage people to do, if you've got a leaky bucket, don't keep pouring water into it. And just because you get a bigger hose doesn't mm. mean that you're going to keep on top of things because the holes will just keep getting bigger and bigger. Find out what's yep. causing the leak. And if you can actually have that investigation, well, you're still topping it up. Whatever that modality is you're choosing, at the end of the day, and this is what I love, um, I'm going to be dropping a a podcast next week with Dr. Sarah Farrant. And Sarah talks about the three aspects of health. One's the allopathic. And then then we've got the the alternative, which is, uh, oh, I've got bubbles again. (laughs) We got bubbles again. Okay, I've got to switch that function <laughs> off. Yeah, so we've got we've got allopathic, we've got the alternative uh, alternative, but she talks about the alternate. And the alternate is the innate. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. that wisdom that comes through. Yes. And if we can come from that wisdom that's coming through, wow, incredible. Yeah. We start to get yeah. a completely different result. Yeah. You know, and 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 so yeah, that gorgeous, gorgeous um discussion. Well, you know what you were bringing forward with that because yeah. I think fear is fear is paralyzing. Fear yeah. is handing your power over to some something else yeah. and somebody else. Yeah, take your power back. So for me, I, there was a short period of time I ran on antidepressants. I think it was a very short period right. of time. But the problem for me is well, not the problem, but in that moment, I wanted to feel everything that I was feeling. So my innate was saying, "Feel what you're feeling because that's the way through this," and I went. Right, and I chose to to work that side of things, and it was it was fascinating because within two months, the psychologist is saying, "Duncan, you don't need to come and see me, mate." I said, "Look, now nah, the reason why I'm seeing you is because when I'm talking, I can actually, yeah. I can actually sort of recalibrate my ideas and understandings yeah. of this sort of stuff, and it's just me just yeah. verbalizing. Can you just be a sounding board for me?" And he goes, mm. "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> You but, come in and talk, and I'll sit here and listen. <laughs> but the key was 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 me taking responsibility for me. And, yes. and and that's what you've done in, in your journey is 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 through authority yep. is is done the investigation work and that's that's really where we sort of sit with with the return to wholeness which is gorgeous. Well, that, well, that's it. And like you say, take responsibility. So do your research on on both sides of the fence. And at the end of the day, it all comes back to what feels right for me. Okay, yeah. this person might be telling me this, and this person might be telling me that, but in in inside what sits right with me and you'll know mm. you'll know yeah, you know, yeah. If there's any waiver then it's a not a, it's it's not a definite yes so then you've just got to keep doing more research well it's also practicing that in the in the small things in life does something feel like a 10 to you you know when you wake up in the morning what's in my highest what's in my highest expression to to do today and when you actually feel what that feels like and then you put action to that then you're actually practicing those moments, are you? Well, that's the thing. Probably a lot of people, when they uh, wake up in the morning, what's my highest expression? I don't want to go to work. 
<laughs> the reality is they have to. <laughs> so, you know, you can take that to a certain level. But I get what you mean. I mean, you know, we're both blessed in that we, we do our own thing. So, um, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, but it's I, how I, you approach I, your day at work, you know. Well, I had that. I had 20 years of pharmaceutical industry, mm. very, very high-paying job, golden yeah. handcuffs, and I walked away. Yes. And yes. I did walk away with a safety net. And yeah. it, it, it's I'm learning a lot about me at this yeah. point in time as I step into that space, but um, yeah. which is great. Look, uh, where do we go? I think we'll probably we probably run out do, of time. Really, I run, mean, we could talk for another three hours. I, I'm sure we can. <laughs> so let's we'll tee up another time down the track because I'd love to get into to to Wanderlust. Uh, I'd love to get into your um, the work that you're doing on web pages and yeah. and also the the big one actually I'll do a big shout out to is that you're doing a, a you you're co-hosting a, a, a writing um uh skills workshop in Taupo I think coming up in is it yeah. March, March? Uh, writing retreat coming up early February it's like early February. four weeks away yeah, four weeks yeah. Away. So yeah if you're in New Zealand and you want to come to Taupo for a long weekend uh yeah look me up yeah. well I'll I'll, I'll I'll endeavor to drop this early so it gets out there as um as a as a discussion but yeah look paula anything else you want to leave us with because it's you're just a gorgeous expression of the innate oh thank you thank you so much um what do i want to leave you with just basically go out there and do you (laughs) well said i love it (laughs) it. because uh, we're the only ones that, that, that that can express us and well that's it we're all we're all unique we're all like the snowflake or the or the grain of sand and no nobody else can do life like you do and and yeah it that's special that's what it's you know getting into the whole oneness thing uh like we are a drop in the ocean the ocean is this big massive body of water but it's made up of all these tiny drops and that's what we are so you know, you take a drop out of the ocean and the ocean is reduced. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah, be the yeah. best you can be. You're amazing. Just, just keep silent warrior. Well, can't even say it now. Silent warrioring on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the demonstration of a silent warrior, uh, <laughs> but I'm glad you're not silent anymore. Um, no, no. And that's another story. So we do have to do another one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do another one. Well, I'm going to hit stop on the record and yes. and uh, we'll have a quick chat afterwards. But, okay, cool. Um, Thank big you. love. Thanks, Duncan. Thank you so much. Good Thank on you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.